0: If you think recorders are instruments of torture, try this instead. You're listening to That Music Podcast with Bryson Tarvin, the curriculum designer and educational consultant behind That Music Teacher and the Elementary Music Summit. Each week, Bryson and his guests will dive into the reality of being an elementary music teacher and how music can truly be transformative in the lives of the students you serve show notes and resources mentioned in this episode can be found at thatmusicteacher.com. Before we get started, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by the Steady Beat Survival Guide. In this free ebook, I share my top 20 favorite songs and chants for Steady Beat in the elementary music classroom. To grab your free copy, head on over to thatmusicteacher.com slash steadybeat. Again, that's thatmusicteacher.com slash steadybeat. You can also check out the show notes wherever you're listening to this episode now. I'm going to be the first one to tell you that when I was student teaching, I hated the recorder. I thought it was a sensory overload. I thought it wasn't super engaging, and I just felt like there had to be a better way. Thankfully, during my first year of teaching, I discovered the AOSA, American Orff Schulwerk Association's video library, and saw a lot of Different ways to use the recorder more of as a tool rather than a separate unit, and for me, that has really changed the way that I think of the recorder and use the recorder in my classroom. Um, and I want to talk to you about that today because I truly believe that the recorder does have a place in the elementary music classroom. So first of all, I want to clear the air and say that if you don't use the recorder we can still be friends. I know that the recorder isn't for everyone. It's not for every student population. Um, What I would encourage you to do if, if you aren't using recorder and you haven't, you know, supplemented it with something like ukuleles or some sort of other, instrumental music making, I would encourage you to kind of see what you can do to fill that kind of area. Because I think it really is important for us to allow students to have this instrumental experience prior to band. And I'm not saying that recorder is leading up to band. That's not what I'm saying at all. I think it's its own thing that I've seen really allow a lot of my students to kind of come out of their musical shells. So, you might be sitting there saying, Bryson, don't you have sensory processing disorder? Why do you love the recorder so much? And the answer is yes, I do have SPD and I do love the recorder. And the reason why is I've seen so many students light up completely when they're able to do the recorder. The 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 real the reality is not all of our students are going to want to sing. Not all of our students want to be music makers in the, the vocal sense, and that's okay. Some of our students really like being able to use the technical side of, of using an instrument. And I think that that's part of my favorite reason why we, I use the, the recorders. Um, it's just seeing a different kind of engagement from some of these students that aren't typically super... Um, the most highest engaged when it comes to our singing or even using our xylophones and things like that. Before we get into how I actually structure my lessons with Recorder, I want to give a little bit of kind of background information on how the Recorder program works for my school. So in my district, there are two elementary schools, and we decided um, long before I was here that fourth grade was going to be their year that they do Recorders. Um, So both schools do Recorder in fourth grade. I typically start my Recorders in January when we get back from winter break, um, and I always make sure that all the orders and everything are ready before then so that when they get here on the first day of school after winter break, we can dive right in. Um, because we've been doing a lot of work, um, especially in fourth grade, you know, making it really visible, you know, reading off of the staff and, you know, tracking left to right and things like that, that I think are a lot of the soft skills that we need for a recorder. Um, so that when they get in January, they are ready. They are excited. They are ready to try something new and they are ready to dive right in. So there's nothing quite worse than saying you're going to start recorders when you get back from winter break and they're on back order. So I always do my best to get my orders in like the beginning of December, if nothing, if not even sooner, like whenever I can get them in. So you might be saying, ordering recorders, don't you have a class set? And the answer is yes, I do have a class set. I'll be honest, they're not my favorite. Um, and they've been around for a bit. Um, so I, my, the way my school works is every student gets a recorder. We, um, anyone that is able to bring in a few bucks for the recorder, they do so, but my principal picks up anything else. So no one um, has to worry about Purchasing recorder. I use the harmony recorders from West Music. I've used them since I started teaching. I love them. Um, they do are they are in three parts. and I know some people don't like having multiple parts, but I'll be honest. I like having multiple parts because if a student is doodling and making noises when they shouldn't, I can have them take off the mouthpiece part and they can still finger along. Um, so that's kind of the reasoning why I do that. And I just make it very clear. Hey, don't take it apart. Don't twist it around. Just let it be. At the end of the year, both of our schools do a fourth grade concert separately. Um, and the way that I structure my recorder concert is um, not just recorder. We sing, we bring out some orph instruments, we, we sing, we play, we dance, we do all different kinds of things. Um, because I want to I wanted to show off that yes, we are doing recorder, but it's more of just another musical tool. And we can use it to create music and to engage in music in a, an, another way rather than a separate way. What I love about the fact that the students own their recorders is, one, at the end of the year, they, they have an instrument they can t- keep with them, um, which I, I know a lot of people that these kids will be like, oh, I still have my recorder. Or like, oh, I just found my recorder. and I played Hot Buns. It was great. Um, but what I also like about that is I can send them home without having to worry about them coming back, um, because ideally, I would love them to bring back their instrument. Um, but I tell my students, hey, you know, if you want to be able to bring your instrument home to practice, you've got to make sure that you put it back in your book bag so that we can have it for music class. I have some class ones that you can use if you forget it. But let's be honest, they're not the greatest. They're not as good as the cool you know, ones that you got to choose the color. Um, and that's kind of another thing. I want the kids to choose the color. Uh, I pick thing three colors of the Harmony recorders. And I let them choose because I think that is a great way to allow them to find ownership and to make some choice. And that is their instrument. And some of you are probably going, oh, my gosh, Bryson, you send your recorders home. Don't your parents hate you? Um, And the answer is I make it very clear with my students that they are not going to get the recorders to go home until they know a couple songs. I want them to be able to sound good before we take them home. Um, I know that practicing isn't always going to sound good. Practicing on a recorder sometimes can sound really scary and really... Loud, <laughs> but I want my students to be able to know a couple of songs so that when they go home, they're set up for success and that their parents can ideally um see them as music makers and not instruments of torture. Um, but I also you know make it very clear as like, hey, when you're in my room, I'm in charge. But like when you're home, you're, your your grown ups in charge. So if they say that you're not allowed to bring them home, that, that's their choice. You know, they're they're allowed to make that rule. Um and I don't expect my students to practice at home, but I do encourage them to. Um, I let them know that hey, we're all on this path together. You know, some of us might go quicker than others, and that's okay. Um, but you know, the more you practice, the quicker things might come, and the more you, the more effectively you practice, the more we might be able to, to add some more notes and things like that. And I really do structure that as way of you, We are all on this journey. We're not on the same speed. Like I said before, teaching a recorder is one of my favorite things. So I do a lot of games with my recorders using the the you know the, the instruments rather than singing sometimes. Um, but my traditional kind of typical recorder lesson. Honestly, file follows kind of a, a format similar to what schools have done in the past for writers workshop. So we always start the day with our recorders as a whole class. So we do a little bit of a mini lesson, and usually it's only like five minutes. So that might be playing a song we're all, you know, we we've already kind of as a class kind of mastered, um, or it might be learning a new note or you know, trying a new song, or trying a song and doing it in a round or something, just adding something new, um, us together. So we're all playing together when we start. Then we break out into individual and group. Group work. And I know you might be stressing, but let me tell you how I frame this, and it actually works so much better than I would have ever expected. So when I set my students out to do some group work, I make sure that I have clear expectations. I say, hey, you know, we should all be working on this song. When I look around, I should see us working together, playing for each other, giving feedback. I should see us, you know, being respectful. I should see us making sure that we're on task. And you know I'm gonna let, I'm gonna kind of get ready, and then if you want me to hear you, if you want me to play, if you want to play for me, um, you can come up and bring your music, and, and you can play for me, and I can give you some feedback. Um, and some days I do it like that, where they get to elect to come and listen or have me listen to them. And then sometimes I call specific students, so I'm always keeping track of who I've heard. So if there's students that I haven't necessarily um, heard in a while, I'm gonna want to hear them. I do. Uh, use a modified kind of recorder karate system. So I don't use the actual curriculum, but I do use the um, kind of the belt system with the the songs that I've chosen. Um, And I, again, I make it as a fact that, yeah, we we will not get the black belt, but you know, everyone's going to get as many as they can. We're all going to work on growing together. The goal is getting more than you had yesterday and more in farther along than you had yesterday, rather than making sure you have the most belts. And I I make it very explicit and I've been doing a lot of community building. So the students pretty much get that. So while the students are working independently or with a group or with a partner I'm listening to students and they can come up and they can play alone they can play with a, car, a partner or a group and I'm giving feedback I'm saying oh, oh I love how you know That was really good, but did you notice how the G was kind of squeaking? And you're like, yeah, oh my gosh, the G always squeaks. I'm like, yeah, that's a really hard one. It likes to squeak. So we want to make sure we're dropping our jaw and things like that where we're really just kind of um, troubleshooting and seeing what we can do. Um, And this is also where I apply a lot of um, differentiation. So when I, for instance, a few of the things that I do um, when students come up to me, if I kind of just watch and I notice where they're struggling. For instance, if I don't see them looking at their music and it's more of, um, you know, and they're still struggling... Likely there's a tracking issue. One of the things that I do, um, especially with those students that I know are struggling readers, is I create some sort of breakup in the staff, like whether using um, using a marker and kind of breaking up the, sli- the lines and kind of showing it so that when they look down and look back up, they can find it a little bit easier. Or, you know, depending on the student, I might put a specific color of highlighter for each note to help show that it's different. I think that it's important for us to understand that the goal is not for them to learn how to play the recorder without any assistance. It's to learn how to play the recorder and to make music with it. So I think that writing things in, using using visual aids, using things like that is great. Um, and that's kind of another thing is I make sure all of my students have a pencil because I know that they're more likely to use it if I if they have it rather than needing it and have been having to go find the pencil and then writing something in I make sure that they know that hey you need a pencil like go grab a pencil on your way in as that way when you have your music you're able to write things in that help you and kind of going off of that is when we're writing things in I don't care how they write it in you know I I will go give them feedback I said hey you know you know when Hot cross it goes B A G. B, A, G, well the next note is G. It's the same note and everyone, a lot of people wanna change it. If I were you, I would circle the two G's and write an equal sign to remind me that they're the same. If you have a different system that you think will help better, You can try that too, whatever works for your brain. As long as if you're making a mistake and you're making a mistake consistently, you're giving yourself a clue to help you the next time. I think it's important that we model that you write things in, because let's be honest, professional musicians write things into their music. When was the last time you did a jury without writing anything in? Um, I'll be honest, one of my pet peeves is seeing in these Facebook groups people getting really, really stuck on not allowing their students to write in their music on the recorder, and I just really don't get that. You know, yes, there are probably students that are fully capable of doing without the music written in, but to put a blanket rule, rule that no one can write music in, that's just really creating more barriers. If you have a specific student that you see them writing in every single note and you feel like they're capable of not doing that, Give them a challenge. Scaffold it up. Say, hey, I noticed you're writing every note, every note in. What if you only wrote when they changed? What if you only wrote one note of, note of measure? What if you only wrote the notes when you made a mistake? How can we show them that we can scaffold that away from them? Because they want, clearly they want that support. How can we show them that they don't necessarily need that support? But I think it's really important that we don't put blanket rules out there that put, add more barriers to our curriculum. At the end of class, I always make sure that there is time for us to come back together and make music again as a group, as an ensemble. I think it's really important to model you know, independent and group practice, but I think I also want them to understand that playing with others is, is tricky too. It's a different kind of skill set. Um, so we do a lot of practice with that at the beginning of class, and then we always end together making music. That is another way that we can show that we are all on our own journey, but we're all still part of this ensemble. I want to share a couple stories of... Students that I've really seen blossom because of the recorder, and I I think that these are the the stories that are why I will never stop doing the recorder. Um, I have one student that really struggles academically, not a very strong reader, and you know when you when you struggle academically for years, you tend to try less because you're going to set yourself up for failure. And seeing him when I gave him the recorder. He's a completely different kid. He is super successful because it's new for everyone, right? He is applying himself. He's not getting frustrated. Or, and if he is, he's working through it. He's, I don't have to redirect him. He, he's on task. He's completely doing exactly what he needs to do. And that is something I, I rarely saw out of him in the music classroom prior to the recorder because this is new for everyone. This is an opportunity for us to level the playing field. It was an opportunity for us to scaffold it independently when I'll be honest, a lot of stuff in my classroom is very much so group focused, which is um, something I am trying to kind of work on. How do I do more small group things? Um, But this particular student is a huge success story of why the recorder can be super helpful. And I have another student in my fourth grade class that really struggles with staying on task and keeping attention. So he was struggling. I'll be honest, the first few times that we did the independent practice, he was really struggling staying on task and which, you know, caused some classroom management issues, um, things like that. And I went to him one day and said, Hey, how can I help you stay focused when we're working on that? Because it seems like we're struggling. Um, and I said, you know, would it, would it help if I gave you a list of, of what to do and you could check things off? And he's like, yes. And I gave him that list and he's been magical. Every time I just give him a little post-it note that tells him, Hey, you know, I want you to play, you know, hot crust buns alone. Then I want you to play it with somebody else. Then I want you to come and play it for me. And then after that, I want you to do all the, or whatever. And like moving along, giving him a list is so much more concrete. Of He knows what he's supposed to do. And again, same thing. I don't have to redirect him. He does what he's supposed to do. He's making his progress. And that is just another example of something super crazy small. Literally a post-it note. It took me two minutes to write, maybe. But that allowed him to be successful that entire class period. And that allows him to access, access the curriculum that he might not have been able to access if it weren't for um, the list that I gave him, which again, super, super simple. Again, I know that the recorder is not for everyone. I just know for me and for my students, it has unlocked a new form of music making that I hadn't seen in a lot of these kids before we get to this type of, you know, workshop style music class. So I hope that if you're considering bringing recorders back or if you're about to lose it and you're about to say never again, that maybe you learned a little bit of something that you might be able to apply into your classroom. Because while it isn't the end-all be-all of music making, I have seen it be super successful in allowing people that weren't necessarily the most involved and the most engaged in music to really find their place.